Welcome to the Stone Conversation podcast, covering everything to do with buying, selling, and investing in real estate. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just wanting to start out, Stone Conversations will bring you content to inspire and inform you on your journey. Well, good day, everyone. Welcome to the Stone Conversations podcast. My name's Peter Mumford. Today, we have the absolute pleasure of having Mr. Michael Yardney. Michael Yardney is a best-selling author, he has bought and sold and invested in property for close to 40 years. Michael's business, Metropole, was founded in 1979 and has been working with the public for over 20 years and has helped thousands of their clients with strategic advice on property investment. This puts Michael in a respected position to guide investors on their journey to wealth creation with property. So welcome to the show, Michael. Thank you for having me, Peter. So, Michael... Something I've uh, realised over the years, because I've been reading your books for many, many years, and what I've realised, if only I'd uh, sort of done everything that you talked about in your books and not get distracted with building businesses, I certainly might have been much more successful. (laughs) Um, Something that I find as a small business owner or if you're a successful, very busy executive that we can get so busy doing our day job, you get to the end of the day, you get home, then you're meeting and raising your family, you're sort of left with no time to focus on your personal asset growth. And, and, and something there that, again, that I've realised that if only I had looked back at this and I'd used someone like yourself and your business to help me stay on track every year and acquire the next property and acquire the next property and guide me in the right direction, I reckon I could have built my wealth tenfold larger than it is. So, Michael, today I'm hoping to jumpstart a few people into realising what they may be haven't been doing or they should be doing and to jumpstart them on their journey of their asset growth. So. Right. That's a great <laughs> aim. But don't feel bad, Peter, because we all can look back and say, gee, if only I knew now, I knew again what I know now. And most Australians leave their wealth creation journey too late. And I think the current climate has shown people that they live from paycheck to paycheck, not that they even get paychecks anymore, do we, Peter? Or, or they live for, um, they've got a couple of months' savings there, and suddenly when COVID hits or you lose your job or your rental income doesn't come in, um, you, you actually realise you haven't protected yourself financially. So my aim is to educate as many people and make as many Australians financially literate as possible. I think that's one of the problems. It's not taught to us in schools, and our mentors, our parents, in my case, I don't know about yours, really didn't teach me these things either. And I think that's the thing, Michael. Again, I think I mentioned this before when I was growing up, there wasn't a lot of education around property. Um, I remember my mum saying to me somewhere in her 70s that I wish I'd bought more property. You know, dad was a bit conservative and we didn't, but, you know, I know later on in years I could buy magazines in the paper shop and I could read about online investing, but there's so much there. And thankful to people like yourself who have produced a lot of books of educator. But maybe just starting on this for, heaven forbid, anyone that hasn't heard about you, but for those that haven't, can you give us a little snapshot of your background, your your quick journey, and uh, where you are today? Well, I'm going to be 68 in a little while, so I've been involved in property for close to 50 years, but I came to Australia at the age of three in 1956 as a migrant. My parents were migrants, I guess I came with them, and we were poor, and my parents didn't have much 
But interestingly, all my parents' friends seemed to be wealthier, which means I guess my friends' parents were wealthier, the same people. And so while we had to save a bit of money and to even get away at Christmas and my parents didn't have a car till I was about 10, my friends' parents did and they went on holidays. And I realised partly why. Many of them were in business, but others actually invested and invested in property and invested in real estate. So it was at a very early age I decided that's what I wanted to do as well. Interestingly, at an early uh, age, I, I also wanted to, while I was wanted to be pilots or astronauts, I wanted to be a real estate agent. Um, I was impressed because in those days they drove fancy cars and they had nice business cards and wore suits and it impressed me. I didn't realise, interestingly, that most real estate agents don't know anything about investment and to be blunt, aren't wealthy. They're good, hardworking people, but don't look after themselves financially. Um, and so along the way, I bought my first investment in my early 20s. I paid $18,000, Peter. But I went halves with my parents. Uh, we I put $2,000 down. We took a 30-year loan. We got $12 a week rent. We were excited by that. Yep. You know, along the way, I've made lots of mistakes, but today I've got a very substantial property portfolio and I've got a business metropole with our own offices in Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane that gives strategic property and wealth advice. It's got buyers agency, financial planning, uh, wealth advisory, property management, and we've been involved in over three and a half billion dollars worth of transactions for clients. So I know a little bit about this and I'm actually enjoying helping other people along their wealth journey, Peter. What I like about um, your business and where I guess for listeners today where it's very different than what we do, as real estate agents in our business, we, you know, we are, our role is to get the highest price for our vendors. That's what we do. We sell property. Yep. We are not there giving necessarily strategic advice. That's not our level of expertise. We are great at getting marketing and selling property. But what I love what you do, and, and I think even a lot of real estate agents should actually talk to you and get you to guide them because you help people that are very busy um, and or don't have the expertise. And let's be frank, most people don't have the expertise unless they are spending hours and hours working out what is the best location what's the best property in that location and where should I buy and what markets are moving at different parts of Australia. And that's what I love, what your style of business helps people. And as I said, if I had realised this in my younger years, I certainly would be much further down the journey. And I think for a lot of us in life, we're brought up to think, oh, everyone buys property, mum and dad buy property. It should be easy. Well, it relatively is, but are you buying in the right area? And I think that's what you do very well and advise people. So, so. Well, there's 25 million property experts in Australia. <laughs> Everyone knows about it. Yeah. Recently, only four weeks ago, the tax department brought out the latest statistics of a tax data showing how many people own rental properties, how many they own, how much income they earn. And one of my business partners loves numbers and figures and is dug down deep. And of the 2.1, 2.2 million property investors in Australia, 1.9 million only own one or two properties. So the vast majority never get past their first or their second property, which means that's not going to make them financially independent. Peter, despite the, the caricature of rich, greedy property investors, there's only 21,000 people with six or more investment properties. So what do you think 1. that is, Michael? 1.9 million and one or two, 21,000 don't get to the next level. Uh, and of those, a lot of them own dub properties anyway. So property investments may be simple, 
but it's not easy and it's not a play on words. It's simple because you can buy a property, but any property can be an investment property, Peter, because you kick out the tenant, put a, uh, kick out the landlord, the owner, and put a tenant in, and it's an investment property. But that doesn't make it investment grade. It doesn't grow substantially. It doesn't keep giving you extra income. So I think the reason people don't do well to sort of, I talked only the answer to your question is because they just think, oh, I can buy a property, it'll double in value in 10 years, uh, or I'm gonna buy a property, it'll pay for my school fees and my holidays. No, that's just not how it works, Peter. No, you're right. I mean, I've had first-hand experience and I've bought a few properties and sold a few over the years. And of course, as I often say, and most of us would, we wish we'd never sold any of them, that, that I know mm. though some properties I've had great growth and yes, they've doubled in short periods of times. Other times I've had properties that I've made the wrong selection or I built the wrong style of building on it for the area and it hasn't done well. And I think having people that can give you advice and look into that and take the emotional side out is so important. And I think the other thing, you know, a lot of us do procrastinate. We think about doing it. We need to do it. We know we should do it. might have some knowledge. But, of course, as I keep saying, life gets in the way. We get busy. We have families. We move into our next house or we go on a holiday and, you know, kids are going to go to sport on Saturday. And I think we just don't make the plunge to focus on this as a real business. And I know often you talk about looking at property as a business. And it wasn't until I heard you say that on one of your podcasts that made me really think about that. And, and, and I might let you explain a little bit more of how you compare this to a normal, well, it's a business, but how you compare it to with less hassle than managing a lot of personnel. And um, maybe you could talk us through that, Michael, your outlook on property as a business. Well, what you said a moment ago is that there's a lot of people too busy in life. And that's true. So there's a lot of busy professionals, including real estate agents, who haven't got time to look after themselves and they should outsource that. Similarly, uh, there are people who think I can just get the information from the internet uh, or from the media because there's a lot of information out there. You've got to remember that the media's job is not to educate us, it's to entertain us and to get us to click on us to keep the advertisers happy. And there's a lot of bias in the media as well. So I believe part of running your property investment as a business is to have a team around you. And if you're the smartest person in your team, you're in trouble. And moving forward, as we're getting through these challenging times in Australia at the moment, we know that uh, there's going to be lower capital growth, there's going to be lower inflation, lower wages growth, the banks are going to make it harder for us. So whether you're a home buyer or an investor, it's going to be hard to amass a, a property portfolio moving forward. And you just can't count on the market doing the heavy lifting so you really do need to select out not just a diamond, but in some ways that pink diamond, something that's what I call the investment grade property. And our research suggests that probably less than 4% of properties currently on the market are what we call investment grade. But treating it as a business means you have a team around you, you have a holistic approach, you have a finance strategy, not just to buy this one, but the next one and the next one. You have an asset protection strategy. Uh, you've got to have a tax strategy. Um, and then you've got to regularly review the performance of it to see how it's going. While most investors just buy something and it's set and forget, and they hope it's going to work without actually having anything to compare it with. So they never get the assets. And that's the challenge. So, and I think uh, just elaborating on the more on what struck a chord with me when you mentioned that once on your podcast and looking at your properties as, as, an, as a business investment. 
Um, we treat, if you're a business owner, you're treating your business very seriously daily and then you might buy an investment here, you might buy one here, but we're not realising how serious a business you can grow that. And, I, and I've watched many people that have worked for me within my businesses over the 30 years that have actually created a lot more wealth by just buying property and working for people. And they've treated it quite seriously. So I, I think that's something that we don't realise and we should, um, which I guess is sort of brings me a little bit back to it, it, taking you back a few years, Michael, <laughs> for you to think. If you were advising yourself, the young Michael Yardney, 20 or 30 years old, and you were starting it today, what would you be telling yourself to do and how to get going? Well, I think one of the big things that I learned along the way that changed the way I deal with business and with investment is the importance of mindset. I didn't know that. I didn't understand that at the time. So I, one of the things I realized is that I'm the pilot of my life. I'm not a passenger. And so therefore, I am where I am today because of the decisions I've made and the decisions I've chosen not to make. And I made some really silly decisions in the first half of my life, uh, including ruining my first marriage. And so, and, and some silly investment decisions, having a big ego as well. Um, but I stopped, had to stop blaming other people for everything that went wrong. And when I realized that I'm responsible for that, and therefore anything I'm doing now is going to lead to what I'm going to do in the future, give me the results I have in the future, that made a big, big difference. So understanding that, and then realizing that my thoughts, my inner world is a reflection, or my outer world, I guess, is a reflection of my inner world. So my thoughts and feelings control what I do and what I feel. And currently, there's a lot of people feeling quite negative about the world, their financial circumstances, their health, what's going to happen in the property market. So another thing then is to hang around the right people and deal with people who are positive, not just unrealistically positive, but Peter, I found that optimists in general outweigh the pessimists and they do better in this world. I believe there's more people waking up in the morning wanting to do good and wanting things to be better, but there's lots of pessimists in the media and they seem to get more attention, more clickbait in some ways. So I learned the importance of the right mindset, of hanging around the right people, and educating myself. Uh, and the other lesson really in the piece, I think a lot of people is delayed gratification. The decisions you make now about what you spend and how you use your money and how much you save will make a difference because with younger people who've got that long runway and that high income earning capacity when they start with, uh, if they start saving over time, it's going to be much, much easier down the track. But a lot of people just leave it till it's a little bit too late and i think on that too in some ways it's easier for the young investor in some ways it's harder i think meaning easier there's certainly a lot more education at our fingertips or podcasts or books and and if anyone hasn't read michael's books i'm just saying again go out and get them it'll change your life and it's so important putting the right food into your brain we forget we forget about feeding our brains don't we and but that's how we grow that's right but i think the harder thing for them too there's so much more temptation today there is so many great new tvs there's you know xbox playstation games going out to dinner going going on an overseas trip buying the latest car there's so much marketing thrown at us that that is very easy to spend our money and i think that is that is the harder part for young investors and and like you said it's get I think it's about going, this is where I want to go and, and delay gratification. And, and which brings me to my next 
sort of question with you. I notice, and I've seen this in a few cycles where it's been in the share market, and I've even made mistakes right back in the 90s recession and panicked and sold shares at the wrong time, and it wasn't too much longer. They all bounced up. But I'm seeing this sometimes in people thinking, I'm going to have to sell that property. But they're not, they're not realising property is a long-term investment. Could you talk us a bit about that just so people understand that, that haven't realised that yet? With understanding why you're investing and what the end game is. So most people don't really know what the end game is. They think, I'm going to buy a property and maybe another one and further one down the track, buy some shares. And somehow I'm going to live off it at the end. So really the intention, I think, is to start with a plan, start with a strategy. And that's what we always do with our clients for a couple of reasons. You also got to know what's possible and what's realistic. So in my mind, the end game should be, now, most people don't retire nowadays. In the old days, people used to retire because you did manual work and after 60, you couldn't keep doing it anymore. Now, a lot of people are working into their 60s and 70s. Some can't afford not to stop working because they don't have enough savings. Others are not continuing working like me because I'm enjoying it. But so if we forget the concept of retirement, which to me is a middle class concept, I think what most people want in the future is choices. So I'll go to work because I want to work or not. I'm going to on holidays and I'll be able to give something to my kids and, and, and leave something for the future as well. So then we ask them, you know, or people should think, well, what sort of income, what sort of cash machine do I want? So the aim is to build a cash machine that one day will replace your personal exertion income and then you can choose to work or not. So the intention then is to build an asset base. Because Peter, I have no idea what the tax rules are going to be in 10, 15, 20 years time when our listeners are going to slow down and retire or just have a better lifestyle. I don't know whether they're going to allow negative gearing or not, whether you can borrow in yourself self-managed super fund. We've seen over and over again all these rules change, whether the banks are still going to be friendly to lend to you or not. But what I do know is those people who build a substantial asset base are going to have choices in life. And if they don't build an asset base, they're going to be dependent upon the government for their, to look after them. And I don't know how the government's going to afford it moving forward considering all the debt it's taken on now. And I'm told dog food doesn't taste very good in retirement. So the aim is then to understand I need an asset base. And so the aim is then to buy high growth residential properties that are going to add a growing value over time, add value to them, in my opinion, through some renovations or development to manufacture some capital growth. So the aim is to build an asset base, but along the way, cash flow management is critical. You've got to be able to live through the, the ups and downs of the property cycle and high interest rates and low interest rates. So this all starts with a plan to build an asset base and then you just got to do what you've got to do to get there, Peter. And I think you're certainly right there, Mike. And I think for a lot of people, again, please read Michael's books because he spells it out very clearly. There's there's so much education in those. And I know we spend... MichaelYardleyBooks.com.au <laughs> is a really place, good place to go. I MichaelYardleyBooks.com.au. So. Yeah. And they're brilliant. Look, guys, and I say to everyone listening today, it, it's great education. You can't get enough of it. it. It's all very easy for us to sit down and watch Netflix every night. I love it too, but... We've got to be put, as we put the right food in our body, what are we putting into our brain? You know, if we want to change our life, we want to leave something for our family, you want to have a better retirement, you, whatever you're after, don't just, you know, go on autopilot because you'll end up nowhere. 
Um, you've really got to be thinking about clearly where you want you, your life to go. And it doesn't matter what age. I, I'm still investing. I'm still looking for investing. I'm nearly 60. I, I'm not giving up. And, uh, you know, it's it's fun. But, but I'll, equally, I use people and will like Michael to help me to grow larger portfolios. Now, but what I was trying to say there on a, a, a time people listening to this, if you are a new investor and you may not realise, you've got to at least look at it 10 years plus in investment because a lot happens over that period. The great thing I've always liked about property, I'm not looking at like the share market going up and down getting stressed because I'm not looking at the price of my property every day and I'm committed to the long term. But after building quite a few different businesses, I've realised that the money I've made out of property has been the easiest I've made in life. Now, that's about getting the right selection. That's why you need the right advice. Um, Peter, what I've omitted to say was that when people eventually do retire, if they think about it, most of their assets isn't going to be money they've saved, it's not going to be rent they've earned, it's not going to be their super. It's actually going to be the capital growth, sorry, capital gains tax-free growth of their properties because you're taxed, you're taxed for your income, you're taxed against other things, but the fact that your properties increase in value and you don't pay tax against that makes a big, big difference. So you've got to take a long-term approach and I'm sorry to disagree with you, 10 years isn't enough. Oh, you're probably it takes right. the average investor 20 to 30 years. And let me tell you why. Because in the first 10 years, you learn what not to do. Just like you have, just yes. like I have. So you've got to undo those mistakes. And then you need a couple of good property cycles to, behind you, don't you? Yeah, that's correct. See, that's what I'm doing. I've learned something already. Look longer horizon. <laughs> um, Michael? You recently were just chatting about, I think on one of your recent podcasts too, you talked about what properties might be in favour as you're seeing it in 2021. Um, can you share your thoughts on that with us? Well, who knows how life is going to be when we get through the coronavirus pandemic. And I think one of the things I've come to realise is it's not going to go away quickly, but we're going to learn to live with it. So I'm not anything about the future. We had to learn to live with AIDS. We had to learn to live with malaria. You take tablets if you go to the wrong place. You uh, put sprays on to prevent yourself. So we're going to learn to live with this. But it's also going to maybe change the way how we live and how we work. So I can see that those high-rise apartment towers in our CBDs are probably not going to be as popular as they were in the past. People don't particularly want to have shared hallways, busy lifts, communal facilities like laundries and garbage disposals, you know, touching things other people touch. It'll take a while for the memory of this to disappear. I think also people are now going to work from home a bit more, so they're going to need a Zoom room. They're going to not be as comfortable in a one-bedroom apartment. They're often going to need something that they can lock and close up for their office, their home office, working from the kitchen bench or the kitchen table probably isn't going to be as popular. Uh, I, I think people are, well, we can currently see it in the market uh, that vacancy rates for apartments are higher than normal, especially in the CBD areas, but for houses, rents are going up and vacancy rates are dropping a bit. Now, I'm not sure if it's one follows the other, but people are moving to houses, they're trading their their balconies for, for backyards and courtyards, Peter. Um, and so they're going to want a level of security. And so I think houses, townhouses, villa units, and low-density apartments. People will still want to live in apartments, but one's not where they share the, the hallways and the lifts with 
a lot of other people, I think will be more in favour moving forward. Michael, I want to thank you today. It's, it's been great having you share your thoughts and your time because I know it's very precious. Um, and I hope today invigorates a few potential investors to start on their journey to build some personal assets. And if not, also encourage investors that are out there to maybe get a giddy on, get a giddy up, so to speak, and maybe get someone to help them if they need it. So if people wanted to find out more and they feel like they'd like to read your books and also get some strategic help and speak to someone independent for them like yourselves, how do they find your business? I'll put it in the comments, but... Can sure. We? Well, the, the first place is just do a Google search on Michael Yardy and you'll find me in a number of places. But if you enjoy podcasts, because I hope you do, because this is a great one, just look up the Michael Yardy podcast on whatever podcast app you're uh, listening to and you'll be able to catch me twice a week. As well as that, Every Day Property Update has been my daily newsletter for oh, almost 20 years now. And so far this year alone, it's had over 1.5 million individual readers so i'm very proud of how many people come to that not just to get my opinion but a lot of other people's opinions property updates and my team at metropole don't sell property but give strategic advice at you but just look up michael yardy google will find michael thank you so much again for your time it's been a pleasure and i look forward to getting you on our show again maybe to sharing some more insights on why people can grow their portfolio Thanks, Michael, very much. I'd be honoured to do that. Thank you. I'd be really pleased. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on the Stone Real Estate Conversation podcast. Make sure you visit us at stonerealestate.com.au. Now, if you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcast player. While you're at it, if you found value in the podcast and the conversations on today's show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or simply make sure you tell a friend about the conversation we had. Be sure to join us on our next episode with more information on buying, selling and investing in real estate. Bye for now.